0: This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie. And I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford.
1: And we are the Premier Chels.
0: Welcome back to the Premier Chels. Rahul, it's just you and I today, my friend. But we are back to winning ways. At least that's what it looks like on paper. How's it going, my friend?
1: It is going pretty well. I was uh, down with a bug the last few days, but the Chelsea win and my health have taken taken a good turn.
0: <laughs> maybe your health has coincided with the Chelsea win and maybe injected some energy into you? That That could very well be true. I'm just kidding. I know that we have to keep Chelsea wins apart because the amount of heartache they give <laughs> you, you would definitely be in a hospital permanently at this point if that was the case. But... Uh, we have a lot to talk about, my friend. The Champions League draw was this past week, so maybe we just jump into that, uh, spend a few minutes talking about our opponents and maybe what you rate
1: us as you know, getting out of the group this season. Yeah, so the draw happened on Thursday. Um, there were some nightmare scenarios that were in play for us, uh, especially that we were in the in part two, but I think we came out pretty well. Uh, no disrespect to the teams that we drew, but AC Milan uh, should be a Our toughest opponent in this group, uh, RB Salzburg and then Dinamo Zagreb uh, being the fourth team in this group. And um, like I said, I think AC Milan will be the toughest. Of course, the trip away to any European side is never easy. uh, But the way things are looking, we should, and I say should in quotations, make it through out as group winners or at a minimum, just make it out. (laughs) You know, you said...
0: No disrespect to any of these teams, but we should be winning this. And I chuckle a little bit because Chelsea will find a way to make this difficult. But look, all jokes aside, even the trip out to Dinamo Zagreb, I think sometimes when you go to, again, with full respect, the lesser known clubs and you go to different parts of Europe, in this case, Croatia, we don't know what we're up against. We don't know what the crowd's like. And some of these Eastern European stadiums, They put in a lot of energy, a lot of excitement into the game. It's going to be definitely a challenge, but I have to agree with you. Milan on paper seems to be the most difficult one. As a Chelsea fan, all things aside, I expect us to win this group. But again, with Chelsea, it's very, very unpredictable. So uh, I know that one interesting thing you want to share with us about Milan is maybe the return of some friends coming back to the
1: bridge or are they foes this time around? Uh, They're definitely friends, at least. Two, maybe, maybe not all three. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. Giroud, fun memories of him. I think uh, we all appreciated how good he was on the pitch, but also off the pitch. Uh, Tamori, one that got away too soon, uh, but he's doing well and, and it'll be good to see him. I'm sure he'll want to impress and uh, stress upon Chelsea that it was a mistake to let him leave. Uh, and I guess seeing how things have turned out, it maybe was uh, with the center backs that were... Uh, having to recruit at this point of the year. And lastly, Bakayoko, one that – it's an interesting one, and I think one that could take up an episode by itself. But he came in with a reputation and didn't live up to it, had some decent games, some very bad games. And as we do at Chelsea, we don't give players time and then shift them out on loan, and he's currently been out on loan since since then. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to have him come back. Can he
0: play against us, given that he's still on loan?
1: I'm not sure what the rules say with Champions League involved. I think in the Champions League they can. But again, it might come down to Chelsea saying yes or no. And um, in most cases, Chelsea do say no. But again, I, I think in the Champions League they can.
0: Yeah, all things aside, I think it'll be good to see some of the boys come back to the bridge and we go visit them as well. Absolutely exciting to see Giroud. I think he did a lot for us, as well as and so that's going to be exciting. If fans can get tickets, from what I hear, Mateo
1: Kovacic's family is buying up all the tickets, so we may not be able to see fans in the stadium. All the away tickets uh, Kovacic's family is picking up. But no, we could definitely buy tickets, and uh, the Chelsea in America group, if you're part of them, have signed up with them, uh, did send out an email about buying the away tickets uh, for these games. So definitely jump on that. Uh, And lastly, it starts next week, which is a quick turnaround, the World Cup year. Uh, So the Champions League campaign starts a little bit earlier, just like the the Premier League did. And uh, we don't face AC Milan until the third game. So I think we could go into that game. We should. I I shouldn't say could. We should go into that game uh, with six points. But again, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: We definitely will see. And along with draws for the Champions League this week, the Carabao Cup draw comes out as well. Who did we draw this time, my friend? Manchester City away. Oh, that's going to be a tough fixture. What do you make of that draw, Rahul, in your opinion?
1: Look, I mean, in the early rounds, you kind of want to get, again, no disrespect, but lesser teams, <laughs> teams that you can rotate against, play some of the guys that don't feature as regularly, uh, just like we were talking about the world cup year the Carabao cup this time is later than it usually is i think the first game is right before the world cup break mm-hmm. in november so there's a lot of football to be played between now and then players may start thinking about the world cup when we get to that point uh, so we don't know what we're going to get once we get into that time of the year but it's man city away it's a big clash it's the opportunity to dump them out and and prevent them from winning another one in i don't know four and five years or so uh, and yeah, ultimately, we the fifth on the road. <laughs> ultimately, we lost it in the final last year, so I think we would want to go back and win it this time. But again, it's not going to be the trophy that we set out to win. But having playing Man City, I'm sure we'll give it our all. Yeah, and for me, I think it's a slightly different opinion in the fact
0: that at some point you're going to have to play a big team, and so if Chelsea can knock out Manchester City early, why not? But look. There's a lot of football to be played, like you said. November 8th is when that game comes down right before the World Cup goes through. Maybe it's a little showcase for the last few guys who are trying to get a call-up into some of their national teams. I don't know if the squads will be selected by then or not, but at the end of the day, I think Chelsea's a competitive club. We have a big squad. We're losing a couple of players now. We'll talk about that in a minute or so. We'll see how that plays out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how that plays out, but I, for one, looking forward to it. I think it's always good. It reminds me of maybe, maybe our first game together as Chelsea fans many, many years ago when we played Manchester United in the back. Then it was called the Carabao Cup. It was decently early, Carling. I think Dull. it was Carling Cup. That's right. Maybe. We called it the Carling Cup back then. So maybe shades of that. Maybe we get to watch it together. I don't know what's going on in November, but we'll see how <laughs> things play out there. <laughs> but maybe we should move on to the Leicester review. We do have a lot to cover, and we'll talk about transfers later, like we we alluded to. So. Let's start with the Fofana. Cat is out of the bag. So news coming in that we are paying seventy-five million and change plus add-ons. Can you confirm that, Rahul? Is that the right number I've got there?
1: I believe so. That is in and around the region that uh, Leicester were looking for. Seventy-five being the base with add-ons, like you said, which will take it, I think, closer to 81, 82 million. Um, and I'm sure some of these add-ons include winning a Premier League, winning a Champions League. Um, so similar to what we did when Hazard was winning those trophies with Madrid, we were celebrating the the money that would come our way. I'm sure Leicester fans will will do the same and may end up rooting for us if we get to those that, that point. We know the talent that this young man has, but I think
0: last season, maybe seven, eight games, had a huge injury. All in, Rahul. Given we may win some stuff, eighty million for a twenty-one-year-old that's really only had one full season in the Premier League. What do you make of this signing? Ultimately, it's not our money. I know you've said that before. It's not our money, but as a Chelsea fan, are you excited for Fafana to come? Are you on the fence? Are you waiting to see how he performs? What's your thinking?
1: I'm excited, Jackie. I'm excited because we've seen him. Yes, last season was you know an in injury injury season, but before that, we've seen him. Uh, dominate in Leicester's defense. I think he came in when Maguire left or in and around the same time when that transfer happened. So uh, he came in and had to fill some big boots in terms of Maguire was decent at Leicester, let's be honest. That's why he made the move over. Um, As a young kid, I think he came in maybe two, three years ago. So he was 18, 19 to come into the Premier League. And we always say, oh, we need to give players time. We need to give them, uh, you know, games to adapt and all of that. He adapted pretty well. He adapted pretty quick. I remember he faced us in that uh, FA Cup final where we lost, and he was very, very impressive. I almost hated him as how, how good he was. Um, so the opportunity to sign him, yes, we know he's had the injury. We're doing our due diligence. We've sent him to New York uh, from what we're hearing to meet a specialist who will advise us on if he's fit, if he's going to have any any implications from the injury. Uh, but no, I think it's a good good move. If you look at our defense, Aspilicueta over 30, Thiago Silva over 30, Kulubali over 30. So there's not that many young defenders and it seems like this one, Fofana being the one, if he stays fit, can be one that stays in that defense for the next 10 years or so. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: I know Chelsea have
1: invested for the current
0: team in the likes of Raheem Sterling and of course kudubali But also, there's been a whole bunch of transfers for the future. And of course, we've seen a bunch of 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds come in from Inter, from Aston Villa. But Cucurella and of course, Fofana now are 21 and 23, respectively, between the two of them. So definitely, Chelsea is looking to strengthen for not just this season, but the coming seasons. I want to talk a little bit about the medical in the US. For every player we've signed, even when we signed, I think Raheem Sterling and Kudabali, Medicals were performed in London and they actually came to join us in the United States for the preseason tour. Why did we take Fofana to the U.S.? I've heard some rumors, but maybe you've heard something different about why we flew him all the way to the U.S. for, for our medical.
1: Yeah, it's simply down to the injury that he had last season. I think it was a broken, broken leg for lack of a better medical term. Um, and so they've sent him over to the U.S. to meet with the specialist. Like I was saying, I don't have the specialist's name. Uh, but this is a doctor that I hear LeBron James goes to when he has uh, ligament issues or or issues in in with his feet or his legs. Uh, so he's definitely one that is known around the world or around the sporting world for um, you know his knowledge and his expertise in in terms of injuries and recoveries. And I think it's a smart move. We've seen uh, you know in the past sign players and they have had serious injuries. I think of Fernando Torres that impacted their ability to play at the level and at the speed that they were before the injury. So I think it's a smart move. And yes, it delays the move by a couple of days, but things are agreed between the clubs. Things are agreed between the club and the player. It's really this hurdle to pass. And from what I read, it seems like it's just a formality unless something major comes up, which Leicester would have known about anyway. And Fofana would have known about what Chelsea would have then also known about, um, I think this should go through and he should be making his debut uh, over the weekend against West Ham. Yeah, and
0: an alternative, Rahul, now that our owners, Papa Todd, is based on the US, we've heard that you're investing a significant amount of money. I mean, 75, 80 million. You want them to be checked out by your trusted doctors or your circle or your network of people that you know. And and that's just one theory that's going out there. Myself personally, 80 million is a lot of money, so I'm on the fence. I'm excited because we didn't get Harry Maguire. We were being linked with Harry Maguire, so not having the big fridge join the club, I think, is, is a positive for me. No disrespect to Harry. I think hopefully he can turn himself around back at Man United and continue to go from there. But maybe we can talk more about the game, Rahul. Back to winning ways. You want to take us through the starting 11, and Tuchel did something a little bit different. He certainly
1: did. I was actually trying to find the, the name of the doctor, which. Uh, if I do find it, I'll, <clears throat> I'll share it later in the episode. But coming to the lesser game, yeah, Mendy and Cole, which no surprises, I think we had predicted maybe Keppa came in, but uh, on the face of it and, and thinking a little bit beyond just the error against Leeds, you don't want to take him out and affect his confidence even more. So I think playing him, uh, a good move, at least in the interim. Uh, Rhys James in a back four uh, with Chalaba, who came in first game for the season for Chalaba. Thiago Silva and Cucurella making the back four. A midfield, I think it was a 4 3 3, maybe a 4 4 2. But a midfield of Loftus Cheek, Connor Gallagher, and Jorginho. Mason Mann, I think, dropped in, but also you did his piece where he was back and forth between midfield and attack. Uh, and then up front, we had Kai Havertz and Raheem Sterling. What do you make of us playing a four with, from what I
0: perceive, more centrally attacking midfielders, kind of playing wingers. I know he does it a lot with the three, but we have out-and-out wingers on the bench, Rahul and Christian Pulisic. And Raheem Sterling maybe can fit that role and you can kind of figure out another formation. Is it favoritism? Is he trying to squeeze these guys into positions that don't work? Does he need more signings? You know, I'm not a coach. I've said this many times, but it's very confusing to watch as a fan and see Mason Mount on the left wing and Kai Havertz and Sterling playing strike. It's like we're kind of fitting, you know, square pegs into round holes, and it's not really working all the time. But Tuchel knows best, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's on paper it's four four two, right? But right. it's not because when we're attacking, yes, we're with the four. When we're defending, it suddenly turns into a hybrid, and we're pushing maybe Reese James in, and Loftus Cheeks drops back as a wing back. So I think that's the intention of. Having these guys in certain positions is when we're defending. We want to defend in the shape that we know, which is with the back three, with the wing backs, and so people tuck in, people drop back, fill in positions. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. It's it's a little concerning if you're Hakim Ziek, and yes, I know he's linked to be going out, but if you're Christian Pulisic, who now is going to be staying, and you can't get into your preferred position over the likes of let's say Mason Mount because. Mason Mount hasn't been good for the last few games. Uh, And I love the guy. It was great meeting with him. But if you're not performing, and again, okay, fine. Maybe the performance in our eyes is the goals and the assists. And for Tuchel, it's more about the output for the team. But if you're not performing and doing any of that, then I think the question has to be raised. And I'm not trying to question Tuchel on his birthday. By the way, happy birthday, Tuchel. Uh, But the question has to be raised is, there are players in the squad that can do that job naturally. Why not play them? If you want to be hybrid and have people drop back, we've seen Pulisic basically play right wing back, left wing back, right center back, midfield, falls nine. So he can do the job. I think he just needs to trust beyond the inner inner core, which seems to be Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Loftus-Cheek now, Reese James. And I'm not trying to suggest that there's groups within the group. But that's what it seems like, especially when you should be picking people on merit into those favoritism.
0: Seems like there's a table tennis group that's going on within the Chelsea group here. And Tuchel's got some players he <laughs> enjoys playing table <laughs> tennis with. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I kid. But ultimately, you said the question, it's the $72 million question. And that's the Kai Havertz question. What to do with Kai Havertz, right? He was signed as a generational talent, an attacking midfielder that could score goals, create assists. And since he signed on the Frank Lampard, we really haven't found his preferred position. He's been stuck out on the left wing. He's been played behind a striker. He's been played on the right wing. He's been played as a striker. He's been played as a false nine, And he's had some success, Rahul, notably the huge Champions League goal. But the other one that comes to mind, I think it was in February of March of this year, where he basically carried the team as a striker. The Newcastle goal sticks out to me where he won us that game with a single amazing touch. But I do agree with you, Kai Havertz and Mason Mount specifically. It's not that they've been poor. It's just they haven't done much. They're just on the pitch, running around, and not really been able to find the flow, not really been able to connect. I guess the easiest way to describe it is they're just not in form right now. And you have to understand with... A World Cup year, Christian Pulisic is probably itching to get out there and show what he can do. And I know he gets ten, fifteen minutes there. And while Hakim Ziek is being linked with a move away, he's here for now. He's not got any minutes or significant minutes to show what he can do. You've got Kalam Hudson Adoy. Again, he may not be around, but itching to show what they can do and kind of even if they're leaving or hold, they play for a move. If you're trying to sell them, you get a bigger fee out of them. If you're not trying to sell, you're trying to loan them, you get more clubs that might pay a bigger loan fee. I'm just spitballing here. It just seems difficult squeezing some of these guys. And, of course, we single out Kai Havertz and Mason Mount, love Mason Mount, have his jersey signed, framed in my house. And But you have to be honest when we talk about these players. It's just not working right now, and Tuchel's squeezing them in, and I don't know where to go from here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the, the Kai Havertz question, right? I, I've expressed how I feel about Mount. Right now, that's not how I feel about Mount Mount long-term because we know what he can do, player of the season, two seasons in a row. Uh, Maybe a few games just some time off from continuously playing may do him some good. Uh, But coming to Kai Havertz, Jackie, you mentioned two games, two of the more impactful games that he's had since he's come in, Champions League and that Newcastle game. And you think about it and you see who he was playing with, Timo Werner in the Champions League and Romelu Lukaku, who had been who had come on in that Newcastle game as we were trying to chase a goal. And what was Kai doing in both games when the, we had a central figure? He was just floating, doing his thing, pulling away defenders. When he scores that goal against uh, Man City, he's not really supposed to be there, but he's been given the freedom, do your thing. You're not my striker. You're my kind of creator, false nine, attacking midfielder. Go do what you want to do. Similarly, in the Newcastle game, he was playing as that main striker. Lukaku comes in, focus turns to him. He's free to float. We're right now, like you're saying, putting him in a position where he's got to do what Timo Warner and Lukaku were doing for others. And he works hard. He works extremely he hard. He does, a, he does a lot of good stuff off the ball. But when you're playing in that nine position, or or he wears 29, but he's really playing as a striker. He's going to be judged on goals and assists. And he said it too in his, in his uh, post-match game is right now the goals and assists aren't coming. So I'm trying to do everything else I can to help the team. And he's doing it. I, I, for the last 20 minutes of this game, he was one of the hardest workers on the pitch. And he wasn't really involved. He was just closing down spaces, helping teammates out. So I do want to acknowledge that part of it. Uh, but I think he is better suited to have someone else as the focal point, And then he just does his thing and is able to go on the wing, come in in on the center, in the center side. Um, and that will be fixed, hopefully, when we bring in a striker. If we don't, we need to work with Kai in in training and positioning and attacking the ball in the box and doing some of those things, which I'm sure he can do. He's just better when you just let him float and do his own thing. I think that's a very
0: fair analysis of what you've seen of Kai so far and comparing him back to Timo Werner and Lukaku. And I do acknowledge, I think, as far as hard working goes, closing down, chasing dead balls, pushing around. And I think that's why he's in the team, Rahul. I think Thomas Tuchel sees that. He likes that. He wants that from him. And we're not here to rain on the Kai parade and say he sucks and he's horrible. That's another point. But I think performances aside, you want that little bit of He can hold up the ball and find a good pass. Right now, it doesn't seem to be connecting with anybody. He can put in a cross. It doesn't seem to be happening. He can play a one-two with Sterling or Mason Mount. It doesn't seem to be happening. So while there's hard work, I, I almost compare it to busy work where stuff's happening, but it's not being productive. And as your focal point, as the guy, again, I don't need him to score. I don't need him to assist, but maybe productively, what is he doing to help? And maybe I'm not seeing it again. I repeat, I'm not a coach. Tuchel must be seeing something I'm not. But it doesn't seem cohesive. And the same goes for Mason Mount. I think he's been so instrumental for two years that trying to see him be productive, put in a great cross, win a free kick, you know, bring in a one-two with Kai habits, help him out there, because we are playing in a false nine, switch them around. It just isn't coming off. And so for both of them, I think this isn't Chelsea fans saying him because the Chelsea fans are very brutal and... If you're Chelsea fans listening and you're just insulting Kai Havertz and Mason Mount all day long, take a relaxing bath or something and chill off for a minute because it's very heavy hate for players that together, the guy who scored the Champions League goal and assisted the Champions League goal. But look, they're not going to ride on their coattails. They can sit on the bench, give a break, let some other guys come in. But I want to move on, Rahul. I want to talk about another guy that has taken a lot of hate, a lot of hate online and that's Conor Gallagher. I personally was extremely excited for Conor Gallagher to come back into this Chelsea team, similar to what we talked about with our centre-backs. Jorginho is getting to 30, one year left on his contract. N'Golo is 30, one year left on his contract. Lots of injuries. Kovacic, I believe, is 28-29, but lots of injuries coming in as well. Ruben his Cheek now trying to establish himself in that midfield Conor Gallagher, while he plays as a more attacking midfielder, has found a way to be in this pivot, or at least Tuchel seems to want him there because he has energy, he has creativity, he can do the job. He makes a couple of poor tackles. The first one was very poor, and the second was was poor. It's not, I don't know. I don't want to blame him for it, but...
1: Unnecessary. 22,
0: unnecessary, oh, yeah. yeah. 22, jumps in on a player, makes a poor tackle, and 23, 24 minutes into the game, he's now off and gets a red card. But the hate he is getting online is I mean I don't want to repeat some of the stuff I've heard and seen online it's just extremely extremely abusive and I like I repeat I was excited to see him in a Chelsea shirt and now it's like are other fans not seeing what I'm seeing because Rahul when I see him play the little bit I've seen him in a Chelsea shirt he has energy he has aggression he has desire and when he got that red card he was in tears
1: yeah no you you've covered it well is that he brings a lot to the squad and to any squad. We saw it with Crystal Palace last season. Uh, but to ask him to play in a midfield too, which is where he played in this game, he played in the last game with uh, against Leeds, that's not where he's going to do his best work. He can bring the energy, but he needs someone, he needs protection behind him. And and we know Jorginho isn't that player to provide that protection. Uh, coming to the red card, I mean, yeah, you're right. The first one was... Was kind of silly, and the second one, I think it was just mistimed, miscalculated, a little unpolished in the sense that if you think about it, here's a guy who signed for Chelsea at eight years old. He made his first his full debut as in the Premier League a starting debut a week ago against Leeds, and we lost that game horribly. And he was one of the reasons in terms of, at least in the first half, where we just didn't get going. Then you come to the second game at the bridge. Now you're playing at home. You've got the expectations of being eight, signing for the club, finally making it through, having that game against Leeds. You come in and you saw he was was doing a lot to impress. He was trying to impress. He was trying to win the crowd over. He was trying to win his teammates over. He was trying to win Tuchel over. Not that he had to do any of that because we're all – Behind him, we all support him. Tuchel's playing him because he trusts him. But in those moments, sometimes the aggression, the energy, the the attempt to get uh you know, get the ball first gets the better of you. And he knew right away he made a mistake. I think his teammates knew right away that he had made a mistake. And he said it. He came out and he owned up to it and he said, I've made a mistake. So I, I don't blame him. Yes, I was frustrated in the moment. But then I look at the corner that Cucurella plays, <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, you put on corner You Put duty. him in a bad spot. Yeah. And I'm not trying to shift the blame on Cucurella yeah. for his red yeah. card because Connor does what he does, and that's his, his uh, responsibility. But it comes from an action that could have been easily avoided if Cucurella clears the first mana on the near post. Look, I think you
0: make a fabulous point. I'm looking back to two years ago, right, Rahul? We had Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, Tamori, a whole bunch of guys that had been with Chelsea since the age of six, seven, eight, nine, burst onto the scene. And it was incredible that four of them, and I'm sure there's a couple more missing, but four or five of them burst onto the scene and did so well for themselves. I mean, Tammy Abraham moved on to Roma and... We just talked about Tamori a few minutes ago going to AC Milan. You've got the same guy in Gallagher that has now come back to Chelsea and seems to at least want to try extremely hard to impress. And I almost wonder, that season when those four broke onto the scene, we had zero expectations. We had, as fans, as the ownership, we said, if we don't get relegated, and of course, Chelsea was not going to get relegated this season, but... We lost Aiden Hazard. We have no big signings. Nobody wants to touch us as far as managers go. Frank comes in with very little history. Do what you can. Let's see what happens, and we'll figure out next season. You almost feel like those guys had zero pressure. Conor Gallagher comes into a team that's won the Champions League. These four have been well-established. They go on to win the Super Cup, the World Club Cup. Thomas Tuchel now gets his players. He gets to pick and bring in. So you almost feel, again... I don't know what's going through Connor's head. I don't know what Tuchel's thinking. But you almost feel like the bar is now raised. You're no longer that group of guys that broke through. You had a good season at Crystal Palace. We're all looking at you and expecting more. And so while he doesn't need to put that pressure on himself, Connor Gallagher can come in, pass the ball six or seven times, and I would be clapping and say, yeah, he, he did fine, because that's all we're expecting of him. But maybe in his heart, in his mind, he wants to show off. He wants – show off is not the right word. That's horrible. He wants to put on a great performance – and win over Tuchel that he can play in week in, week out. But I think maybe he just needs to go back to basics and not try to overdo it, for lack of a better word.
1: Yeah, and, and he could have pulled out of that. I think he just misread it. Sometimes that happens, yeah. right? We misread things at, at work, and we're not getting red carded for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are consequences to your action, and and that's the consequence there. He sits out the next game, but I'm sure he'll come back matured. This is all part of the experience. It's all part of the the pain of playing in the Premier League top side, uh, but I'm sure he'll come back and adapt and and he's going to be a better player than than he is right now, and it hopefully isn't a Chelsea shirt. I know there's rumors about other clubs circling and uh, you know Chelsea may look into that, but I would like him to stay because, as you mentioned, we have a midfield that's older. We have a midfield that mm-hmm. can't stay fit with two of the three guys, which means if you are going to play Connor Gallagher in that too. Let him learn, let him adapt, and he could end up being the, the piece that is missing with the midfield. Yeah,
0: I think that's really what we all want here. And so if you're a Chelsea fan, you're frustrated, we get it. We hear you, we acknowledge it. We're also frustrated, but maybe cut the abuse a little bit. It's not helping anybody. And if, if it gets up to Gallagher, you're just doing things to shake his confidence, which we don't want. And Rahul Tuchel did a wonderful thing saying, look, acknowledged. He did what he did. He takes ownership. He takes responsibility. You learn from it. Things happen. You move on. And that was the end of it. So praise to Thomas Tuchel there. I think he does a good job managing the press and the stress. Go ahead. I mean, it helped that we won the game, too. But <laughs> I'm sure we Look, would... We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that towards the end, because maybe... Let's go ahead and talk about it now. We'll break down a couple of the No, no. There, I was but... just
1: saying, I'm sure it would be a different sentiment from sure. us on Tuchel if we had lost the game, because uh, the mistake that Connor makes is pretty early in the game. So... Uh, yeah. it helps that we won and it helps uh, Connor in the sense that you don't really focus on that too much we, we want to talk more about the game but let's talk about one more thing because I think it's important
0: Cucurella come in playing wing back left back whatever you want to call it he comes in over Ben Chilwell again you had said Ben Chilwell may not be ready so Cucurella will get a, a lot of game time are we seeing this because Ben Chilwell is not ready or is Cucurella going to be the number one for the rest of the
1: season and Ben's going to have to really fight to get back into the squad Ben is going to have to fight to get back into the squad that's there's no doubt about that Um, but we knew that right Ben Joel ACL tear whole season last season he came back towards the end but it wasn't enough it was the end of the season yes he's done preseason with us but I'm sure they're easing him back even in training and and I think that's the right thing to do I I went through it myself Uh, it takes time it takes a lot of muscle work a lot of development again because basically your muscle just goes after surgery and you can't even like see it so give him time let him come back and he'll win this place back he did it last season when he initially lost out to Alonso he'll do it again and that will mean Cocorella has to continue performing the way he is because we now have two very capable left backs left wing backs that can do a job and can provide assists and um I think Ben Chilwell knows that. I think Cucurella knows that. But then Cucurella can slide on the other side and they can play together on on the left. Look, that's completely fair. I think that's something where
0: we had a chance to speak to Ben Chilwell for a quick second and he said he's feeling fit, he's feeling ready, but we always feel fit and ready and excited to play a game. So let the coaching staff do what they need to do and protect Chilwell. He can be around for us for another decade and really, really do something for Chelsea Football Club. So I have to agree with you there. Let's talk a little bit about the game now. We've talked a lot about the players, some of the changes, the red card. We were down to 10 men, Rahul, for the best part of 70 minutes. And we'll pick up from where we left off. Gala gets the red card. You're frustrated. I'm scared. I'm like, well, here goes the win that we're all looking for in Leicester. And it's not going to be an easy time here. But second half comes around and Raheem Sterling finds a way to crack open that Leicester defense in the 47th minute. What can you tell us about this goal?
1: Yeah. Just before that, as comes on, like uh, we were saying for Mount, which was an interesting sub. And I'm sure we'll yep. talk about that uh, in a second, but yeah, coming to Raheem Sterling's goal, it was exactly what we needed. It was something that needed to be done in terms of getting us up again after the, the deflation of the red card. And, Up until the red card, I think we were the dominant side. We were the better side. We were doing better in the back four. Um, So switching back to the three at the beginning of the second half, I was a little concerned. Uh, But I think that, again, was the right call. And Cucurella drives down the left. We were just talking about him. uh, Plays it into Raheem. And what I like about Raheem is he didn't try to do anything fancy or try to dribble three, four players. He said, you know what? I'm going to bring it to my preferred foot. I'm going to take a yard away from the the defender and take a shot. We'll see what happens. Well, we, he takes a shot, It catches a little bit of a deflection and loops over the goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, I think you summarized that well. He, he made that goal, Rahul. I think it's just a matter of if you don't buy a lottery ticket, you're not going to win the lottery. I think you have to take a shot. You've got to do that cut. You've got to make an opportunity. And for that first half, at least until in that red card, we had a lot of chances, half chances at least, a lot of opportunities, but we just never want to pull the trigger or we wait too long to pull the trigger. And I think that's the perfect example of what somebody who can finish and wants to finish and get a goal can do. And it puts us right back on the front foot. Like you said, we get a lot of pressure taken off of us. That first goal goes in. I feel a little bit better. And I'm like, look, one nail. We can defend this. We can try to hold on for the rest of the game. But No, that's good. And he goes on from there. He gets another one about 15, 20 minutes later. But I think that one you got to give a lot of credit to Reese James for.
1: You do. But just, you know, when you're talking about him taking the shot and um, not a lot of others do, well, he's been in the league for all his life, basically. He's been a Premier League player at Liverpool, at Man City. He sometimes just knows out of instinct, right, of being in the league and having faced some of these defenders before what needs to be done. Maybe a of Werner who has come in from a different league doesn't do that. Kai Havertz mm-hmm. doesn't do that. Mason Mount may do that, but may not pull it off. So I think that would, that's what Raheem brings to the squad. And uh, the second one, Beast James, he said he'd put it on a plate. He put it on a plate. The bigger piece for me was someone was at the end of that receiving that's the it. plate because yep. Ruiz James puts in these balls seven, eight times in a half. And most of the times we don't connect or someone's up, made the run or whatever be the case. And this time Raheem Sterling was right there at the back post, tapping it in, making it two nil. You were happy with one. I really wanted the second because I, I knew that we had uh, something in us to give away a goal and we'll get there in a second, but two nil. And I think all of a sudden the mood changes, you start feeling better about everything. You start feeling better about Raheem Sterling who had had, no goals up until that point yep. coming into his Chelsea career. So uh definitely a good moment for him and, and good moment for Chelsea. He gets assisted by a two wing backs in this case. Uh and Bencho, will, if you're listening, I know you and Reese James were the original wing backs, but uh I'm sure you'll be back. But no, a great, great uh assist from Reese James, and uh, that's what he brings. And I can't wait for us to have someone else, maybe like an Obama Yang or whoever ends up being the striker. And if it is Kai, I'd like to have the coaching staff show him the video of this and be like, this is where you need to be sometimes to to just tap it in and get a goal. And if this is going to be the
0: theme, you can see this combination kind of working out very well for the rest of the season. After he scored that goal, Rahul, I looked up some of Raheem Sterling's goals at Manchester City surprisingly, or maybe not so much now that we've seen it, a lot of them are coming at that far post from across from the right side, whether it's Kyle Walker or João Cancelo, whoever was giving in that ball. Raheem Sterling found a way to make a late run and kind of find himself right at that post just to tap it in. And look, like you said, that's all we need at this point. So hopefully this is kind of a sign of that combination and they can continue to, continue to do more of that. But one thing that I want to talk about with Rhys James, I think you texted me during the game, and maybe that's going to be the episode of this this podcast is hit it <laughs> to and hope, I think, or pass it to and hope. Cause <laughs> while, while Sterling seems to take the credits and the accolades and he's the man of the match and rightly so, cause he got us the goals for that first half for a lot of that second half, a lot of the ball, a lot of the play was coming through Reese James. He was doing a lot of the running. He was doing a lot of the crossing. He was doing a lot of the tackling. It seems like he was plan a plan B and plan C. And then Sterling came in as plan D probably.
1: Yeah, I said it was Reese James and pray. <laughs> there you go, Reese James and pray. <laughs> because I mean, when we covered it in the last episode, you, me, and Alex, where we said it just seems for whatever reason, everything creative just comes down from that right side, and that's good, right? Because Reese James is able to deliver and able to put in put in the the balls that are needed. But it's Reese James who. If he goes out of sight, we're now completely yep. lost. And and I'm not wishing that upon him. I wish he has a, a big season. He stays fit for it. But that's the concern is we're pinning too much on that one person on one side. And there's a risk of always that going away. And if sometimes someone, if he gets marked out of a game, someone else needs to step up. Sterling steps up in this case. The first goal shows you that uh, the second goal, obviously, if he's going to get it on a platter, he's not going to turn it down. Uh, But I'd like to see, and I'm sure every Chelsea fan would like to see a little more from some of the other players in and around Reese James.
0: Yeah, I think that's the only way we can survive the season. And again, I want Reese James to stay fit, but it's the same thing of you can't have so much pressure on one person producing all the assists, trying to get the goals, just like he did at Tottenham. We've got to find a way to spread the love and figure out what's going on. but. That's enough about our forwards. Let's talk a little bit about the defenders and cover what they've achieved and what they're doing. Like you said, Quetta comes on at halftime, takes Mount off, maybe more to protect what we're trying to do and go with a back three. He plays along with Thiago Silva and of course, he's got Chaloba who's come into the fold. There was a lot of rumors, a lot of noise about him potentially trying to leave, but the three of them overall look pretty solid. And Before I bring you into comment, Rahul, in between that, Harvey Barnes gets a goal in the 66th minute, a few minutes after that, but Really, other than that, I thought the three guys at the back were
1: pretty solid as a as a defensive unit. Yeah, they they definitely were. Aspilaqueta thirty three, mm-hmm. Thiago Silva thirty seven. I mean, they're like players that you would say are you know ready to move on from the Premier League, and here they are coming in and putting in more than just a shift. They at some certain points were saving us with last ditch tackles and and. Doing things that physically, at least in Thiago Silva's case, you could see were taking a toll on him within the game. But he would get back up and say, no, let's go. He would get the crowd up. He would get the players up. And then you look at Chaloba and you say, what a learning experience you're getting in real time, right? Like you're looking at guys like Aspi, Tiago, who have done it all, have won it all. And you just get to learn from them and see some of the things that they do. And I'm I'm really happy that he's staying because... Not only is he a good defender, and yes, he had a rash moment where I sent you a text about it, um, but that will go away over time, and it will go away in such a way that he would have learned and gotten feedback from some of these guys. And Fofana now comes into it. Koulibaly is there, who's a, who's a great defender. Our defense looks pretty good in terms of experience, in terms of youth. It's a good balance right now. Uh, and yes, we conceded a goal. Mendy I think should have saved that on the near post but that's that's a whole different topic uh, but I think Aspie and Thiago were massive and you can see why Tuchel wanted to keep Aspie for this season I love that you got ahead of the
0: Chaloba comment I was going to make saying I texted you but I was just in the rash of the moment Chaloba is a good <laughs> defender no look all jokes aside I think that what Chelsea are doing with the mix of the old and new I said that earlier on in the season is that at some point, there's going to be the handing off of the torch. Thiago Silva is going to have to hand off. Aspilicueta is going to have to hand off. And so Chiloba, 22-23. You're bringing Wesley Fofana, 20-21-22. I think Reese James is 22-23. Chilwell is 25. Cuckoo, 24. That backline is a solid backline if they continue to perform the way they're doing. And if you're learning from the likes of Thiago Silva, you're learning from the likes of Uh, Kudabali, who will be there a little bit longer. I think he's 31. This Chelsea defense can be that spine role that we've been talking about for a long time, especially with some of the other signings they're making. You want to have a spine of good players for seven, eight, nine years that can be there and go on to the next era of, hey, guys, now we're ready to compete in the Premier League. And I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I know we're another season or two away from that. But it seems like the foundation work is being done again. This is what Abramovich believed in, buying the youth, mixing it with some of the old guys, getting that mix together so we can go on three, four, five, six years of good success and kind of play off of that. So I, for one, I'm really excited. I think it's something to look forward to, provided we can keep all of these guys happy and fit. And speaking of fit, another man that comes back into the mix, Mateo Kovacic, how excited were you to see him back on the pitch?
1: I was very excited because he came on for Jorginho. George- uh <laughs> And I hate to hate, like, you know, make calls and pass judgment about Jorginho because he does uh, does a job in the system. But when Conte is in there, when Kovacic is in there, when Gallagher gets sent off, Jorginho just gets exposed. Yeah. And it's tough, right? He doesn't have the pace. Um, but again, when you see Kovacic coming on, you say there is light at the end of the tunnel. And every time I see him, I just remember him telling you to stretch the jersey uh, <laughs> in his in his accent, which was it's just it's just golden. I wish I'd recorded that moment. Um, but he's just a, such a classy player. He's easy through the through the lines and just floats and does his thing. Um, I wish he just stays fit like for four or five months in a row and doesn't pick pickups, uh, you know, knocks and injuries because he could be a difference between us going comfortably top four versus struggling and, and being in a race for it. Yeah. And, you know, not to hate on Jorginho, but you are right. I think he sometimes
0: struggles with the pace of the Premier League. However, when paired alongside with Kovacic or Kante, who are naturally more energetic, who can cover more ground, it seems to be a decent pairing where they can cover him or help him out a little bit. And then he has a little bit more time to figure out a pass or, or touch here or do something fun. And he, he does have a part to play, but... Kovacic, my goodness! It seems like he floats on the pitch sometimes. You know, when we got him for forty million, we had had him that loan season and he was good. But for forty million, I was a bit surprised Chelsea paid that much for him. But now, when you see him and what he's evolved into, I was like, forty million is a steal. We got a really, really quality player for forty million. And yes, I laugh with you every time when you say, "Can you stretch it?" And he was having a good time trying to stretch that jersey, sign it for me. No, but. Excited to have him back, and I think it's only upwards from here if they stay fit. And to that point, Rahul, we signed, I think, Carney. I cannot pronounce his last name. We signed Casiera, another one. All of these young midfielders, and even Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's 26, they've got some quality guys next to them to continue to, to grow with and learn from, and hopefully we can build this band and continue off of there.
1: Yeah, you're you're totally right. And I think it's Carney Chukumeka. I, I want hope to I clap got that right. right now because you did very well. To me. <laughs> I hope I got that right. And he has been on the bench the last two games. Yep. So I wonder if there is an opportunity where if in a blue moon that we're winning comfortably, Tukul would put him on. Uh, but yeah, I think with, with Sounder, and that's, I think, just to, to go off topic for a second, I think that's the thinking behind Boley and, and the new group is, yes, we'll bring you some of these players and big names right now, Tukul, but we're also going to give you, guys that can dominate and turn into the star names over the next few years. Now it's up to you to develop them, keep make them part of the squad and and bring them to a point where basically we're not having to spend sixty, seventy million yep. every summer. Absolutely. And just wrapping up, Rahul, I think the big thing for the squad is
0: the heart, the desire, the determination to go to ten men, seventy minutes, play and win that game. Hats off to them. Hats off to Tuchel for figuring out the right change. He was not even on the pitch side, so it'll be good to have him back. Maybe we should move on to Southampton now and wrap up over there? Let's do it. So, Southampton coming. We're going to play three at the back, four at the back. What are you thinking?
1: I think three, especially with Koulibaly being back. Mm. Um, But again, you were mentioning that I think Tuchel said that with what's available, he may end up going with the four. Yeah, it's
0: going to be interesting, definitely with Kulabali coming back into the mix. You've got Chaloba that's there. You've got Quetta that can play that. Cuckoo who can play that. And then, of course, maybe we'll have a new center back by then. I don't know. <laughs> but let's go with the three. Who do you pick in that three? Because we know Mendy's going to be in goal. Yeah, so I, I would go with Chaloba again.
1: Uh, Thiago Silva
0: and Kulabali. Yep, getting over that red card, moving forward. Uh,
1: four in midfield for you? Three streams. Jorginho, I think, plays. Kovacic isn't still ready. Loftus-Cheek, Jackie, I don't think we've spoken too much about him, but he has come on leaps and bounds, and he is a man who has taken an opportunity given to him with both hands, both feet, whatever you want to say, and he's turned into a, a reliable player, a utility mm-hmm. player who can do a job anywhere you put him, wins a penalty, which should have been, we didn't even talk about that in the in the Leicester game, uh, but I think he would be a good partner for Jorginho in this game, and then I think Cucurella continues.
0: Yeah, he was one that burst onto the scene on the sari and then had that horrible injury. And we've known he can do a job, but now I think he's coming back to his full confidence and fitness. So uh, good to see him there. Hopefully the two of them can balance each other out and really cover that midfield. And front three, this is very interesting. Who are you going <laughs> to go
1: with, sir? Well, after everything that we've said, I think <laughs> I would go with something different, but I think two is sure. going to go with Mount Kai and Sterling. That's that table tennis trio over there (laughs) that he's sticking with. So (laughs) we'll see how that
0: plays out. Uh, I think I have to agree with you. I hope that he gives maybe Christian Pulisic a few more minutes early on and maybe switches it up. And I'd love to see Armando Broja come on because he played with Southampton last year. So maybe this is, he knows some of their weaknesses. He knows how to get past them. So at least 10, 15 minutes to go through, but ultimately took will decide. What are you going for with the scoreline, sir?
1: I am going to go for a 2-1 to Chelsea. We beat them 6-0, 6-1 last season. Mm -hmm. So I think they'll be hurting. They'll want to at least put in a better better performance. Um, So I think they'll make it tough. But we should, if we take our chances, win this game. What I would give for a 6-0
0: win for Chelsea this early on in the season. I'm going to go with half of that. I'm going to go for a 3-0 win. No disrespect to Southampton, but I'm hoping that Raheem Sterling can continue his good form, and whoever Tuchel picks, we can get a couple assists, but maybe Reese James can chip in with a goal. We've talked so much about him, so hopefully that's what happens.
1: Yeah, hopefully Rhys James gets a goal. Hopefully Cucurella gets a goal, because I need that for my my fantasy <laughs> team. Um, but yeah, it, when I see teams score nine, right, I'm like, it's going to take us 11 games to go nine goals in total, probably um, yeah and and that's a little like concerning and scary but as long as we win as long as we keep up with uh, the teams in front of us for now i think it it should only get better and with the players coming it'll be two days before the end of uh, the transfer window our game tomorrow so anybody you want to see if okwana is coming obama yang ronaldo gordon
0: Yeah, ultimately, I think looking at the team as it is, I know that we've got Hakim Ziyech being linked with going back to Ajax. We've got Callum Hudson-Odoi. I think that's pretty much confirmed going to Bayern Leverkusen. Ross Barkley has had his contract terminated, so we've lost him as well. I think at this point, we're really hurting for a striker. We really need an out-and-out striker, what they call the traditional number nine. With everything that's going on at this point, I think Obama-Yang would be a good fit. Tuchel knows him well. He has a knack for scoring goals. He knows the Premier League. He knows London. Everything seems to be a good fit if we get him for the right price. And I think it might help us out the most at this point in time. So probably Aubameyang would be the best fit at this
1: time. Yeah, I have to agree with you, especially with no many, not many other links in terms of the striking position. It seems like it's, it's Aubameyang or bust, which... May not be a bad thing if it ends up being that case because Roya would get more chances and Mm. you never know what that leads to. But yeah, I think if there's one more to come, which has to be the case, it has to be a striker and Yang hopefully will be it. Uh, And we'll then see maybe the better version of Kai Havertz. Hopefully that's the case. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us at the Premier Chelsea, Apple, Spotify, Google... Amazon, and Instagram, and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Uh, And if you're listening on Apple, do us a favor, please leave us a review uh, so that we can reach other fans, we can connect with other fans, and we can grow this uh, TPC community. Uh, But for now, that's it. We'll be back. But until then, stay safe and up to Chels. Hey, guys.
0: The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code, TPCOFFEE15, to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.